We thought it would be Will Smith, but it was Jafar who blew it. This is blowers plus some other stuff. <laughs> Hey, what is up, listeners? This is your, uh, well, tag team host, Pappy. We got Stevie on tonight. Two-man weave today. Well, we got a lot to talk about, though. Two-man weave, three movies, or two movies, I guess? Yeah, two movies, and I'll sprinkle a quarter in at the end. Yep. So the the title of this one is Aladdin. We'll talk about that first. Uh, spoiler. 2019 Aladdin. Yeah, spoiler-filled, but, I mean, come on. You shouldn't really need a spoiler about that. And then, uh, what's the second movie we have? It's a Netflix original. The Perfection. Yeah, we both watched that. Ooh. Pretty freaking crazy. Lots of questions there. And then, uh, you also watched A Dog's Purpose. So we might talk about that at the end because I haven't seen that before. But. Dude, it's heartbreaking. If you love puppers, don't watch that movie. I mean, especially, like, if you really do love puppies and dogs, you'll probably go buy a puppy the minute you're done watching it. What if I have a cat, a giant cat who's the size of a dog? Nope, no cats. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't hear that. Well, all right, let's get get into the the title of this episode, Aladdin. Um, I saw this on Friday night. I did not fall asleep in the theater. I'm pretty proud of myself. Shocker. Yeah, I went at, like, 10 o'clock at night. How comfortable are the seats in that theater that you go watch at? Uh, so I, I mean, they're just the standard reclining boys, but, like, <laughs> I've, I've fallen asleep in two of the last three movies I've seen in those guys. <laughs> so, I was, like, fighting it hard. Um, I don't know. I guess... It was pretty not bad, is what most people are saying. Is that kind of how you feel about it? Pretty not bad is a great way of describing this movie because I had the lowest of the lowest expectations going into this movie, especially after the trailers they released. Yeah, let's play. Let's play a little bit of that trailer. Bring me the land. Your life begins now. Aladdin. You really don't know who I am. Genie, wishes, lamp, none of that ringing a bell. From the look of the genie to like the acting, like it looks so bland. Thought it would be a shit show. I mean, and it really wasn't the case because I'll give the actor credit who played Aladdin. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Mena Masood. Mena Masood. Yeah, probably Masood. One, one of them. Um, he is a really talented actor. Very charming guy. Very likable personality. Very charming. Played a really good version of Aladdin. Good chemistry with the other characters, I thought, for the most part. Uh, did a really good job. And, you know, uh, Naomi Scott, who played Jasmine, great job. And I'll also put it this way. Will Smith was a really good genie. Uh, he was a real look who he had to follow. Yeah, uh, he was less less impressions. You know, I feel like he was just more kind mm-hmm. of a wacky dude as opposed to doing like specific impressions like Robin Williams did. But no, not not bad. 
hung in there with the singing. Was that that was him singing, right? Like all the the songs too. Yes. Uh, yep. What do you think about the change of like the beginning where they're on the boat? Okay, so they're hard to compare because animated version of Aladdin starts out so hilarious, especially when like the genie is like Robin Williams is messing with the fourth wall mm-hmm. of like knowing there's an audience there and like bringing the camera back is you know versus Will Smith on a boat with his family, right? In the future, recalling the story with like I don't, I don't know if anybody watched Aladdin, the original Aladdin, uh, which is episode number two fifteen from us. You can go back and check out that hey. podcast. But uh, I don't know if anybody watched the original Aladdin and was like, you know what, the genie needs is a love interest. Like that is <laughs> that is just so strange to Why me. Why was that there? I don't. I don't know. I, I could not tell you. I mean, it it helps kind of give the genie more purpose i guess i can see how they would relate because she was like a servant and he's been a servant so they kind of have that in common um but no that didn't really add anything for the story no and did you feel like this movie was kind of street like this movie was very like going through the motions uh yeah it was uh there wasn't i mean that's the thing about these live action remakes it's like you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like the people clearly, like when they announced, we, we've talked about this before, uh, but when they announced that they were going to do Milan with no songs, I mean, everybody on the internet freaked out. And then Disney was like, JK, there will be songs. No, no, we got of songs, bros. Don't worry. There will be songs. <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> An intern tweeted that. No, yeah. no, sorry. It's like people people want something different, but they also want the exact same thing that they saw. So uh, there wasn't a lot of changes made here. I feel like the yeah. Beauty and the Beast had a pretty fine balance of that. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of the same, a little different. Yeah, a lot of those change, like a lot of reactionary changes too. Like, what did you think about the change on the Sultan? Uh, I, I don't understand the purpose of that. I don't understand what the purpose of this was because Daddy Sultan. Like, here, I can keep going back to the animated version, which this is nearly a shot-for-shot remake outside of Iago. I should get that to in a couple. We'll minutes. talk about Iago. Um, but I don't understand why the Sultan had to play this serious. Like overbearing father versus this chubby, charming, whimsical kind of you know oafish man. It makes you know it, it, it undercuts like when Jafar is just like hypnotizing him. It makes more sense in the cartoon because the Sultan's kind of dumb and oafish, like you said. Or right, and he, he gets off it. You know what I mean? He's just like, oh no, what are you doing? Sorry, yeah. and he he's, keeps going with his day. And this one, it's like. It was almost like he didn't need to be a character. Yeah, they were just taking that whole part like way too seriously, and so they're like, then there's no room for like a lot of the comedy that we talked about. My favorite joke is your mother wasn't so picky from the first little head, and when he's talking to Jasmine, like there's no room for those kind of jokes <laughs> when they have to be super serious. But we we met, we talked about Jafar a little bit too, dude, and he he was the mention of my spoiler. Like he he is terrible, Ugh. right? What well, what were they doing? I don't like, understand. You think the director would have pulled uh, who played Jafar? Okay, Marwan Kanzari. I'm sure you're going to have a fine acting career, uh, but good lord, this was not it. It's like he, like, he speaks really, uh, he speaks really effeminately, but also very seriously. There's no comedy at all, and there's like a, a sense of like earnestness to his performance, which. Like, I get, like, you know, just going through the list, like, what would you rather have? Like, 
the funny funny er Jafar or this Jafar? It's like not even close. Like what's why why make him like this? Also, like Jafar was kind of an older dude, wasn't he? What? Well, yeah, and that's why it was so weird. Like that was part of the weirdness of him wanting to marry the princess. Which going back to the cartoon and what we talked about a second ago, Iago, that was his idea to marry the princess. Um, so, but in this version of aladdin iago's totally nerfed like he doesn't doesn't say or do anything funny at all he's more of a true zero personality more of a true parrot uh kind of a similar criticism i'd have for like abu or even the rug to some extent like i I think their characters are way more defined in the cartoon but like uh, iago especially like 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 i'm gonna go back to this what would you rather have like gilbert godfrey Howard Stern legend, hilarious stand-up comedian, uh, uh, voicing the parrot with, with some great one-liners, or the CGI monster bird oh. that chases around a lad on a magic carpet. It's just like, God, it's so gross. It's so bad. They really could have trimmed this movie by a solid half hour. What's the runtime? It's it's two... Two hours, and I think without credits, like two hours and two minutes. Well, that's too long. That is too long for this kind of movie. No, and I also thought, I mean, with these kind of movies coming out, you really have to hit all the right notes. We talked about this in Beauty and the Beast. That ballroom scene did not hit the notes at all. No, not at all. Like, it... It didn't like hit those notes at all, and I felt that way in the Cave of Wonders. I felt like it was super underwhelming, even from like the Tiger get go. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty underwhelming. Um, there was, I mean, you think if you're gonna invest in like large set pieces or even like a lot of this movie is true CGI, you'd think you put a lot of time and effort into the Cave of Wonders because the animated style of that in the '90s was absolutely way ahead of its time. And you think like they could have just? It seemed dull to me. Oh, dude, I, I had the exact same thought. It seemed like I, I called it in my notes Pirates of the Caribbean Seven. <laughs> it looked, That's what it looked like. It looked like a Pirates of the Caribbean cave. It's on that kind of level, and I was I, I that exact thought came to me as well. Not the pirates part, but like when he's on there, there's a similar shot to the stairway that's in the animated one and the, and the mm-hmm. sta- both both stairway se- sequences him coming down and then him going back up to like initially grab the lamp especially the one where he go he's going back up to grab the lamp or just it's so striking and it's so iconic and like they they try to recreate that a little bit and it just doesn't doesn't work it's it's really kind of with him and Abu going back and forth it's like yeah it's like the B minus version of everything that's in the original film you know, I mean, it's slightly worse, but um, yeah. I don't. Is there anything that you liked better? Is there anything that this? Is there any reason to see to see this movie? I just thought Will Smith. I mean, and I have heavy criticisms of Will Smith. Um, I thought he played a very kind of charming and endearing genie. I don't know. I just thought it, he was hilarious. I I was like. I felt drawn more to this movie when he was on screen versus when he wasn't. Yeah, and he had a huge bullseye on his back, too. I mean, from every, like, image that's been released as part of their promotion, it's, like, super heavily criticized the way that he looked, specifically. And, and like, we talked about on the other one, you know, Robin Williams' performance is so iconic. Like, he had the hardest job, and he got through it. I think Guy Ritchie did a pretty good job. I mean, it's... The colors look really cool, and like uh, especially during that friend like me sequence. Yeah, that was good. That that was a really good sequence. It didn't love the beatboxing, (laughs) but you know. 
all your midday prayers. You got me bona fide, certified. Got a genie for your charge affairs. I got a powerful urge to help you out. So what you wish, I really want to know. You got a list that's three miles long, no doubt. All you got to do is rub like snow. It kind of reminded me of, I don't know if they shot a lot of it on a soundstage, but it kind of reminded me of like a Broadway spectacle in that regard, where sure. you could see like a stage. Yeah. I like that. And all the stuff with like, the especially puppetry Especially in was musicals, cool. yeah. I, I like seeing stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And what's the um, Prince Ali song as he's coming into town? Like, I thought oh. that looked great too, actually. Yeah, yeah. Ali Ababwa. Yeah. <laughs> well, what actually kind of sucked a little bit is I, I, I saw this in uh, 3D and the, like, the the sunglasses effect, the shading of the colors from the 3D glasses kind of like... Dim it? Yeah, it dimmed it a little bit and it didn't look as cool. Like I took them off a couple of times and like it looks so much brighter and cooler without those glasses. So if you are going to see it, I would say don't go see it in 3D, but... Uh, Always go 2D. Yeah, I'm going to give this like a soft uh, soft no. I mean, it's it's not bad like most people said, but like if the if the expectations wouldn't have been set so low and i think people would like this a lot less and then just kind of moreover it's like like really ask yourself like what's the point of these movies like like all right let me go through a, a couple things to you tell me if you prefer the animated version or the new version the genie animated aladdin animated but it's close though it's it's, it's close mina Masad does a fantastic job jasmine live action uh jafar Oh, it's not even close. That's animated all day. The, they could have cut him in this film. I've been happy. The Sultan. Animated. And Iago. Okay, obviously animated because Iago was even a character in this one. It was so frustrating. Are there any songs? There's no songs that are better for sure. The the two new songs I thought weren't weren't great. Um, they give Jasmine more more to do explore her feeling a little bit she's made more of a proactive character especially kind of in that like what was that song she was like hinting at throughout the movie then eventually bursted into it uh i have no idea i i got a thing from my theater though i, I can download the soundtrack for free because i went to the f- special fan event or whatever so i got that going you went to for a special me. fan event i not on purpose but that's where i ended up so <laughs> <laughs> it's me that, like me trying not to fall asleep in the special screening for fans <laughs> like just fighting off sleepiness but yeah soft no for me uh what, what do you say you know me i'm a big fan of music festivals and if you put that song over a cool beat in a remix <laughs> i'm telling you that song will get the people going i'll jump no doubt but um i'm gonna give this movie a soft yes I know I maybe had two or three margaritas throughout this movie, (laughs) and that probably helped me with the favoring of this movie, but there were two scenes I really enjoyed. Like, I was like, wow, that's funny, is when Aladdin was presenting himself as Prince Ali Ababwa, and he's doing the jams thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Will Smith was like, step away from the jams. (laughs) I was busting up laughing. And then the scene where he had to dance with Jasmine and Jeannie was controlling his every move. That was pretty good, too. Yeah. That was cool. So a soft yes for me. Um, how many live-action Disney movies do we have now? I mean, this is our second of three this year. Uh, did you ever see Dumbo? Okay, no, I haven't seen Dumbo. Not great. Uh, so no, what, not going to be reviewing so this podcast. But Jungle Book, Beauty and the Beast. Maleficent, Cinderella. Uh, well, then we have uh, Beauty and the Beast. 
Uh, is that it? I don't know. I mean, I feel like the Lion King's probably going to be the best one this year, don't you think? God, we're getting three of them? Dude, I was thinking, too, like, this could be, I don't think it will, but this could be a contender for an award, like, costumes. And then, like, Lion King could be a contender for, like, visual effects. Like, these fucking movies could snag, like, two below-the-line wins. You know what well, I mean? where does Lion King come in on that? Because isn't that technically animated? Uh, Jungle Book won uh, for visual effects. It was not nominated in animated. animated. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know where the line is uh, for something like Jungle Book, or for a Lion King though, where literally everything is is animated. But I guess time will tell. Um, speaking of yeah, soft, yes, though. I mean, I still think my favorite out of the live action so far is Beauty and the Beast. Okay, I respect that. Yeah, that's that's just me though. But I was say speaking of speaking of the hands of time. Ooh, uh, we got so we have spoilers for our second movie. Uh, I'll let you. You should drive the ship on this one since you're the one who told me to watch it. Uh, but Aladdin talk's done. We're now moving on to the perfection. What is happening to me? <laughs> I'm burning up. It's gonna be okay. Liz. Oh, it's not. Oh, dude, it's not. Listen to me. Something is wrong. Something is wrong with me. Lizzie, I know. That's why we need to get you help. I'm dying. I'm dying. <laughs> oh, look what's happening. What's happening? Oh, my God. What's happening? I don't know. Oh, my God. What is it? I don't know. Whoa. What the fuck? Look at who To do. Well, you know what happens now. I'm going to have to throw out some credit where credit is due. We follow Matt Neglia. For next best picture. And I saw a tweet from him talking about this movie. And he literally said, some long, long lines of this movie is effed up. What did I just watch? And that is all I'd need to know for movies. And then I saw that Allison Williams was in it from Girls. I love that show. Had to watch it. For those who also watch Girls, yes, I know. Marnie is the worst. But this takes um, place in present day and... It's really about this, um, I guess you could say, cellist prodigy who um, had to take a long leave of absence from this boarding school because her mom was suffering from a terminal illness. Mm-hmm. And, and prescribed you know, acid, like, apparently, or something for, for the cure. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we'll get to that. Sorry. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, once her mom finally passes, she calls her old cellist instructor. And was like, you know, hey, I know we haven't talked in a while, but I really like to see you, like to, you know, get back in the orchestraic world. And she finds a girl that should have been her, played by Logan Browning, named Lizzie. Now, what city are they in, Pap? Are they in Shanghai? Uh, Yeah, I think so. They're in Shanghai. Uh, 
what's her name? The 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 old cellist is from Minneapolis. Charlotte. Yeah. Shout out to my old stomping grounds. Charlotte's from from Minnesota. But but no, they're in China now. And apparently there's also some kind of like flu outbreak that's going on like you see that oh yeah it was like this hunting outbreak yeah Yeah. i think it was like from southern china and so you're not sure what to think yeah you're not sorry you're not sure what to think about that as an audience you're like huh that's kind of weird but okay also you're all you're really on uneven footing on who to root for in this movie as well yep you know, do you root for who you think is your main protagonist, which is Charlotte? Do you root for, you know, is she the villain? Mm-hmm. Do you root for this new girl, uh, Lizzie? You really don't know what to think. And so they're there in Shanghai to kind of the boarding school is to recruit the next person at the school. Who it seems that all of these it's all little girls. One hundred percent of these cellists. Yeah, you get into this school and you're like between ten and thirteen years old. All all yeah, little girl children, yeah. And it's like really intense. Like the the dude who's running the show is like, We're gonna have a tryout and the winner basically is gets to have like this prestigious life and come live with us in the boarding house and like uh, become one of the best cellist players in the world. So it's like a super high pressure audition that they're just kind of like all chilling at. Yeah. Which during that audition, do you remember what's going on with two of the parents? They're having an affair, right? Did they, but they would have like just met or something, but they're like, she's literally like grabbing his junk, like while their daughters are playing. Grabbing two, his junk in front of everyone. Two different parents. And, and, and Lizzie's like, this gets me so wet. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what? like the other thing was like, <laughs> during this weird situation in chaos, little girls <laughs> playing, parents are having an affair. Lizzie's like, hey, I don't know if you like girls or not, but I'm going to say some really crazy stuff right now. And that's when we get to their music scene when Lizzie's, you know, asking the instructor, um, Anton, who's saying, you know, like, hey, can Lizzie, uh, can Charlotte play with me? You know, I kind of do this recital. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I know it's really intense, but when they're playing music over and they're also telling a story, weaving in and out. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And, uh, and then all the ch- the cello playing is, is really cool. Like the music's awesome. Like what's, what's the story that we've been getting out of? Is that like childhood stuff? No, no, no. That's, is that, is that them partying? Is that this montage? Yeah. That's them like going to the club. Yeah. Making out, eventually going, having sex and scissoring. Sure. Yeah. And, and this, this movie is, is, is pretty graphic. It's got the little S underneath the ma for sexual content uh <laughs> see a lot of side boob action but but yeah it's, it's them they're partying in shanghai lizzie's about to go on a three-week vacation from the academy so after so like i think at the end of the night or the next morning i think it's at the end of the night actually uh, after they had sex she's like come with me uh so charlotte and lizzie are now lovers and and also i think uh, important to note is that do you remember Lizzie asked Charlotte if she's ever had sex before. Do you remember what Charlotte says? Uh, you're my first and best. Which, spoiler alert, is not true. Not the case because the first throughout part. the first 20 minutes of this movie, they show these little note tattoos on the girls. Mm-hmm. Which, they make a point of it. You really don't know where that's coming from. And a little eighth note. Little eighth note, and you kind of, it's pretty gross, and you find out at the end what it's from, but, so, 
Lizzie's dream vacation in China apparently is to go out in the in the hills in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> that was strange to me too. It's like she's this international. She she's a celebrity. Like she had this giant poster in Shanghai of her like ho- holding a cello like in, in a prominent yeah. business square. So like she can go anywhere, and she chooses to be on a bus where like literally, if one thing goes wrong, they're all dead. Which. This bus hasn't been scrubbed in decades. It's the cheapest bus money can buy. It is how they're going to tour <laughs> the Chinese countryside. <laughs> and so this next morning when they're supposed to be leaving, Lizzie doesn't feel good at all. She kind of blames it on the hangover. And Charlotte starts to give her what you think is ibuprofen. And on the bus, she starts feeling terrible. I mean, she throws up all over the side of the bus. And that's when they're like, oh, she's puking up bugs. Gross. Then she has to go out on the side of the road, and she's literally crapping her pants. (laughs) That was like an intense scene, too. It felt like something out of the Hurt Locker, but instead of like uh, IEDs, it's it's like uh, shitting her pants on the bus or not. It's explosive diarrhea. (laughs) I can't take one more step. You have to. (laughs) It was so so fun. So they get her on the bus, more ibuprofen, more water, and it's just not helping. And she starts losing her mind. She's like banging her head against the glass on this bus. And you really don't know what's going on. And so Charlotte and Lizzie get kicked off the bus. And that's when they're walking by like this little mountainside. And what do we see, Pat? Because it's gross. So uh, Lizzie's like, they're crawling in my arm. And, and I, I don't know if we talked about it too. When she puked up on the bus, we see that she puked up these little like maggot Maggots? things yeah these little worms so like that's super gross like and freaky and so they get off the bus and she's like they're crawling in my arm and charlotte's like there's nothing there and she's like yes there is and then these like bugs start hatching penetrating the skin crawling out of her arm it's so so gross fucking gross and she's screaming and like begging for help and she looks up at charlotte and her new lover and charlotte has this meat cleaver in her hand favorite part of one of my favorite parts of the whole movie and charlotte's like she looks at her smiling going you know what you have to do right you know what you have to do right (laughs) and i love what happens in like this next five minutes because the the film's editing gets super aggressive um we see her swing the the meat cleaver down on her hand and then it like you hear a crunch cuts to black and then reverses it, like shows everything backwards. I don't know. It's it's cute. I like it. It's stylistic. Yeah, it kind of shows how Charlotte is this little mastermind behind <laughs> everything. Yep. Uh, she was uh, fe- feeding Lizzie not ibuprofen pills, but her her mom's medication for her illness, which may cause that hallucinations. Can cause hallucinations, and it causes extra hallucinations when you take them with alcohol, which she was also encouraging her to drink in the morning. Yeah, it's and then when she's at that you know sideshow shack, that sideshow like um, little market, you know on the on the side street, she takes the cleaver from there, and it's like really, yeah. <laughs> and so we get back to the states. Charlotte's missing a hand. Oh, not Charlotte, but Lizzie's missing a hand. Um, Charlotte's nowhere to be seen. And the Academy just won't take her back. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, Lizzie, you can stay here for a couple days, but um, no. You I, gotta go home, could... but you can't stay here. It's what they do. <laughs> yeah. It was closing time for sure. Yeah, if you got one arm, you're no use to us anymore. Yeah, you're one arm chalice. And so. 
Um, Lizzie tracks down Charlotte. And this is, you texted me this today and it made me laugh so hard. Tracks her down, knocks her out, <laughs> brings her back to Boston. And what does she say at the gate? She's at the, at the what's his name? Ka- Anton. Anton's like, we th- I thought we talked about this. And Lizzie's like, uh, he's like, you don't have anything I want. And, and she's like, I do have something you want. He's like, what do you have? He's like, I brought the bitch <laughs> or something. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, I have the bitch is the exact quote. Um, and so, yeah, she's brought back, uh, brought back her former lover to, to the master. Um, which. So this is what, this is what Lauren said to me at this part. Lauren goes, how have the police not been involved yet? And this is where it really starts to make sense. Yeah. So how do, how do they reveal? Like she gets away, but Charlotte gets punched and then she gets knocked out and then she wakes yeah. up and she's in this red dress and it's kind of, it's, it's going back through. And I, in, in my head, Stevie, I was even like, you know what? Good for this movie for not making it about sexual violence. I, I thought for sure that's where they were going. And literally, yeah, we got there. Yeah. She's, uh, she's getting a whiplash yelled at, uh, by this guy. And then like she messes up again. And then we see a shot of him like naked or walking towards her. And then this is, yeah, this is a flashback so- to when she was a, a little girl. Uh-huh. Yeah, so the whole point is they mentioned this with that little girl from China when she got there was the only time you play in this room is when you're ready, which I took it as I think you're old enough to be raped. Yeah, or like we have enough control over you. So like this whole thing is about a playing perfectly. Well, raping children. Yeah, but yeah. but also that it's I mean that was a Pretty extreme fucking turn, dude. I'm not gonna lie. It's like when he just shows up naked. Literally, like 30 minutes. This is only a 90 minute movie. Like 30 minutes ago, I thought it's just like a virus story, like a zombie type movie. I have no (laughs) idea what I'm watching, but like I don't know. We've had a couple of these like rape revenge stories. Like Revenge last year kind of reminded me a lot of. Oh, I love Revenge. Yeah, great, great movie. But yeah, so it's like. She's chained to the floor, and there's, you know, Anton, the ringleader. Then I think one of the teachers is named, like, Theus. Yeah. And I think uh, the other one is maybe, like, Joffrey, Jeffrey. I don't know, something like that. They're all in but on the raping. Okay. They're all in on the raping, and the whole point is... Including this, the dude's wife is also yeah, in on Yeah, Paloma! Yeah. Like, she knows Which, exactly what's happening. You know, Kesha, also one of my favorite parts, so but... So weird. So... The the whole gambit is, if you play perfectly, you're free to go. If you miss a note, if you miss a step, Anton seems so regrettably about it, but he's like, regrettably, I have to rape you. <laughs> and he also said, like, just like my father taught me and my grandfather before him. E, yeah. E. Oh, like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, there's some pretty scary stuff going on there. And so, well, and he also ties it into like God stuff too. He's like, yeah, if you, if you play the perfection or whatever, you become closer to God. Yeah, like it, and specifically doing in that room. Yeah, it's real. It, it's a sex cult. It's a sex cult that is raping children disguised. Yeah, so as that's the where most that prestigious. eighth note comes from. That's how Charlotte got it. It's how Lizzie got it. It's how that little girl from China is gonna get it. You know what I mean? Well, not anymore. Not anymore. Thank goodness, but. So you think 
you know, Lizzie wants to kill Charlotte after taking her hand. There's some graphic language when she's talking about what she's going to do with her nub. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Dude. Dude. But. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, but unfortunately, when Lizzie Mate was making their drinks with her one arm, she was poisoning them. And so Joffrey and Theus just hit the floor. Reminds me a lot of Phantom Thread. A lot of that. Kind of stuff going on. People poisoning <laughs> lovers and very confusing. Yeah. Very. But they make it up to the Lizzie and Charlotte make it to the top floor. And, you know, Anton's in his office, I imagine, getting ready to do what he's going to do. And, um, also the <laughs> Paloma comes walking in and she just pees herself. <laughs> and you're like, Okay. Whoa, what's going on here? And then she hits the ground and she has a knife in her back. Yeah. Bravo, bravo. But super intense fight goes on between Charlotte, Lizzie, and Anton. Scariest part of this whole movie is when Anton takes the knife and literally shreds Charlotte's arm. Yeah. Like he literally opens it up. Like you can see the Opens it up. Just cleavers it. You're like, you instantly kind of get flashbacks to what Lizzie had just done to her arm. Like, well, yeah, we got two one arm cellos now, (laughs) apparently. Like there's no question if that arm's going to be saved. It's it's gone. So they eventually subdue Anton. Cut screen. Creepiest part of this whole movie is Anton is now a nub. They've cut out his eyes, his like mouth looks sewn shut, like all of his they limbs. They cut his arms off, they cut his legs off. It's <sighs> fucking crazy. And then you see the front stage where they used to play the perfection, you know, where it's either play great or get raped. And uh, Lizzie is controlling the strings and Charlotte is controlling controlling the bow and it looks amazing. And that's the end of the movie. I'm looking at, so uh, Richard Shepard. Uh, was one of the writers and he was also the director and he he doesn't have a lot of credits he he has uh, a couple episodes of ugly betty uh he directed something in 1999 called oxygen um and something in 2005 called the matador and also he does a lot of tv work but like that he is directed 12 episodes of girls oh well that makes sense with the connection uh allison williams yeah yeah so i mean yeah it's 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 cool, like, comparing that to our first movie, Aladdin, you know what I mean? Like, Netflix is giving a space for something that's really fucking weird. It's out there, man. And it is a gritty out there movie. You could never, if you put this in theaters, it would make negative however much it costs to make. <laughs> you know what I mean? It would make $47,000. Yeah, so it's cool that the, the space exists, a 2019 movie, that, like, we can watch something like that. Uh so yeah, not bad. So what would you give it? Yes, no, maybe so. Oh, definitely yes. Maybe maybe a soft yes because there there are some kind of like budget things. Like all of the sets are like CGI style kind of sets. Did you yeah. notice that? Like it, it definitely looks like a B movie, but it's it's got that charming. That's the one like, thing I liked about it. Is it just looked dirty? It's a dirty. It that's a dirty. Gritty. It's like a grindhouse. It's a. It's like a a polished grindhouse movie. Yeah, he, he's showing that he's able to. He's very capable at making a film like that. So yeah, yes for yes to soft yes for me. Uh, again, I didn't love the fact that I thought it was going to not be about sexual violence for for <laughs> once know. for one of these movies. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, and then it was. So it's that's probably my biggest complaint. But no, it's 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 a yes. How about, how about you? Oh, I absolutely love this movie. I didn't love the sex cult part like you, but. 
everything else from like the horror element to um the music itself, the way the music was intertwined intertwined in the storytelling was mm-hmm. fascinating to watch. I think Richard Shepard is going to be a much larger director in the years to come. I hope so. So I will give this a hard yes. Nice. Yeah, this is my number two of the year so far. Well, there you go. There's the two movies that are promised. Real quick, uh, you saw Dog's Purpose. Uh, Dude, the tears. Uh, is it the most you've cried in a movie in how long? Oh, my goodness. I mean, like this is like ugly snot cried. <laughs> I, I didn't even want to watch this movie. And then, like, we're over at my grandma's, you know, me and my wife were over at my grandma's and the whole family were swimming at the pool, and my grandma threw that on, and it was just, every ten minutes was tear-jerking. I mean, just, oh, I don't know if I could do a dog's journey. Is the dog they dying? Kill us, is that what happens? Every ten minutes. Oh. He's gotta, so the whole point is... I've been working is, my way back. So there's, a dog apparently has one soul through its lifetime. I think it's reincarnated and into other species of dogs. Other, other dogs. Okay. And d- different owners each time. And sometimes he has a great owner. Sometimes he has an owner that, like, like neglects him out in the cold for 10 years. <laughs> Jesus it's Christ. It's so sad. And the way these dogs go, you're just like, no, not again. And, like, these dogs are so cute. From, like, Golden Retriever to German Shepherd to Corgi to um, St. Bernard. They're just, oh, it's too much. Yeah, I'm not going to watch that. Uh, no, so I'll definitely be seeing a dog's journey, and I'm bringing the tissues. It was so sad. Well, I mean, let me know how that is. Maybe we'll do a mini episode on it, but I, I'm not gonna see that that movie. Uh, not while Chubbs is alive, anyway. But yeah, good episode, man. That was fun. Good to yeah, catch it was up. a lot of fun. Yeah. So, what's coming out next? Oh, Treasure Planet dropped today. That was a cool episode. Um, and then what else? The Nice Guys and. Uh, some other stuff coming out. Was Treasure Planet the last episode I was on with the boys? Has it been that long? I think that was the last time I was on Spoilers. Hashtag sad. I don't like that. Well, I'll be back this week because we're doing... Seven. Oh, yay. So look for that coming out in like three weeks. <laughs> Brett pick. But thank you for listening. <laughs> Take it away. Spoilerman. Spoilerman here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Our spoilers hotline is 903-776-4507. That was spoilers.